Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. said after Abuna Yani <laughs> said everything to that needs to be said but I think um, the, the servants had asked to talk about prayer and seeking God and, and answered prayers and I guess thinking about prayer many times we think like sometimes I might pray and God I feel isn't listening to me or he's not answering my prayers sometimes I could even get upset with God and think where are you God you're not listening to me but I think it's very hopeful that the church reminds us to tell us that we need to remember just how much God loves you. We say words like, <clears throat> you know, God died for our salvation. He died for all of us. And this is very true. But it's much more deep than that. It's much more personal. You know, in Luke 12, Jesus says, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. In Isaiah 49, he, God says, I've inscribed your name on the palm of my hands. And God loves us and longs to speak to us. Not just that. Father Thomas Hopko once said, um, he, he reminded that his listeners that the very first question that God asks in Genesis chapter 3, his question is, Adam, where are you? So prayer is actually a two-way thing. God is actually looking for us as much as we are searching for him, if not more so. But sometimes we just complicate matters. The fathers say even just being in the presence of God is sufficient. You don't have to, like some people say, oh, I don't know what to say. How do I pray? How do I start repentance? Abun of Shrek used to say that, you know, if your heart is cold and you don't know how to get close to God, just look at the crucifixion and contemplate on God's love for you. That in itself will create a heart, like Abuna was describing, a heart of brokenness. How, where do I compare to this love, this un undeserved love. Um, I saw a video from Buna Anthony today, recently, um, and he said something I really loved. He said, he was reading from Jonah chapter 2, like Abuna was mentioning, and he says, I, I want to ask you a question. Would God answer me if I directly disobey him? Is that possible? Because sometimes we think of God as the same way he, we think of other people. If someone disobeys me or upsets me because of my arrogance, because of something that I do, I might not listen to him. But Abuna Anthony reminded us and said, you know, what happened to Jonah? Jonah directly, intentionally thought it through and decided, I'm going to do the opposite of what you've asked God. And despite doing the opposite, what does it say in the first few verses of chapter 2? It says, Lord, you heard my voice. You heard my cry out of the depths. Not just heard my cry, but you actually answered my prayers. And so this gives us hope. What type of God is this? Who is this God? Who even when I disobey him, even as Abunia Ob reminded us, if I kill someone or do something silly, God can still... Forgive. He'll still not only hear my prayers, but he'll answer them. 
How is this possible? And so to answer that question, I'm going to share two stories quickly with you um, that, that reminded me of this. And I think the answer to this is, is from finding what is similar between these two stories. I'll tell you the story. The first story is very short. Is from a guy called Mr. William Hurst. Mr. William Hurst was a big entrepreneur. He loves a lot of um, you know collecting things and buying old paintings and um, unique kind of um, collections. And so there was a particular painting, and he's been buying paintings and things for many many years, decades, in the family. And so there was a particular painting where he knows that there's only two of them in the whole world, and he knew where one of them was. It was bought by some famous person somewhere in Europe, whatever. And so he wanted this painting so badly that he paid his advisors to search throughout the world and find out where this other painting is. Very expensive painting. After months and months of search, after thousands upon thousands of dollars, his advisors came back to him and said, Mr. Hertz, we found your painting. Great news. He said, great, I'll buy it. Where is it? Their response was, it's in your garage. It's been there all along. You bought it 10 years ago. And you've, it's just in your collection. The second story is by a man called, about a man called Mr. Yates. Mr. Yates was a farmer in America. Um, he owned a big, big amount of land. But throughout the, the Depression, there was not much crops, things weren't going very well, and this man wasn't even able to, he was living so poorly that he wasn't even able to pay his bills, his electricity bills, his, you know, his, and he was really ready to sell the property and just go. He had a wife and kids, and they were living in poverty for many, many years. As he was thinking, I'm going to sell and move on and see what I'm going to do with this, with myself and my family, some people came to him and said, hey, you've got a big amount of land. We're looking for oil. Do you mind if we just start drilling in some areas of your land and see if there's oil? This, of course, comes with great risk because it destroys and devalues the land even more. But he thought, you know what, I've got nothing to lose. Kedah, kedah, you know, it's gone. Sure. Start drilling. They started drilling a week before he was meant to sell. And he found that as they were drilling, they found oil so much oil under his land that they were producing 80,000 barrels of oil a day. So much oil in this land that 30 years later, that, that land is still producing over 125,000 barrels of oil per day. Mr. Yates owned the oil and the rights for that oil from the day he purchased the property. He was a multi-millionaire living in poverty. He owned it, but he didn't even know it. What is the common thing between Mr. Yates and Mr. Hurst? They both had riches that they weren't aware of. And the same is true, I think, for us as Christians. Sometimes we don't realize just how rich we are in Christ. The fact that we can talk to God, the fact that we can speak to Him at any time, the fact that He calls us His Father and He calls us His children, this is a gift beyond measure. The fact that He has such a beautiful heart that will accept even the most terrible things that I do, so long as I come to him in brokenness and do the things that Buna was telling us about in terms of paying vows and, and, and really having a heart that is so compassionate. Think of how untapped potential we have in prayer with God. 
Abuna reminds us many times about Abuna Makar Yunan. He used to say, I cannot move this mountain. But through my prayers, through my relationship with the Lord, I can move the heart of God whose hand can move any mountain, no matter how big or small it may be. And so I'll finish off with a beautiful promise from Malachi chapter 3, where he says, Test me in this, says the Lord, and see if I will not throw down and open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough for you to store it. God is longing for us to speak to him. So many times we don't, well, there are days that pass where we don't speak to Him. So many times that there are weeks, possibly months, where we don't really spend quality time with God and we distract ourselves with trivialities. May this three days of, of Jonah's fast really be a wonderful example and a reminder, an eye-opener for us, that these holy days are days for us to really spend quality time with God. You know, um, one, one Christian was once asked, what do you do for a living? And the response was that my occupation is that I'm a Christian and I'm, uh, I don't know, whatever his occupation, I'm, I'm a plumber or a teacher to pay the bills. His work is just to pay bills, but the, the, the main focus of life is to spend time with the Lord and spend time at his feet. May we during these times listen to the words of, that were inspired by the Holy Spirit and Abunya Orb and the other fathers to really spend time with the Lord in front of his altar, under his cross, and, and beg him and spend time with him and not miss out. I'm the loser if I don't speak to the Lord. I'm the loser if I'm the one that doesn't repent. And, if, and the reality is when I tap into this beautiful potential, we actually as Christians have an unfair advantage at life. Really. How many times does impossible things happen in your life? Why? Because you pray, because you ask for intercessions. Since when do people walk on water? Since when do people who are blind see? Since when do people who are lame walk? And yet with the Lord, all those things are possible and more. And he's ready and willing and able to give us all these things. All we need to do is sit down with him and talk to him. May we during these three, three beautiful days in preparation for Lent really spend the most beautiful time with the Lord. And I love Pope Krollos' wonderful advice to his disciples, which is may we, if we really want to tap into the potential that we have in God, we speak to the Lord more than we speak to anyone who we speak to in our life. And we listen to the words of the Lord more than we listen to anyone else in the world. And glory be to God. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you but will also transform you and your life with Christ.